Seven days a week, 24 hours a day, live radio contact. On the Detail Podcast, I'm Rob Parks, and we're here talking all things so for Red Devils. Joining me the show this week, as ever, we are Paul Whiteside, right, Paul? Hi, Rob, you okay, mate? You had a good week, mate? Um, yeah, it's all right, mate. It took me a few days to get over the, the, the St. Hill's defeat. I sold for a, for a whole day Saturday, I think, and was all right. Come Saturday night, I felt a bit better then. But, uh, but yeah, really looking forward to this, this Sunday to get you know, back to winning ways, hopefully, mate. Yeah, time's a healer, Paul, that's what they say, and... Uh, Obviously, a week on, hopefully, we'll be fired up, ready for the, the game to come on the Sunday against Huddersfield. Also, join us on the show, we've got Richard Lowe, right, Richard? Hi, Rob, hi, Paul, yeah. All right, not bad. How's it going, mate? You okay? Uh, yeah, yeah. Just like uh, like Paul, I think, just about recovered from uh, from Friday loss. Couldn't believe it, couldn't believe it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, hopefully, looking forward to Sunday now. Yeah, what have we got on the show this week, Paul? We've got a review of the heartbreak at St. Helens. We've got Lama Sazi and uh, Tom Carney interviews. We've also got What Are We Coaches Corner. We've got the news, the amateur report, and a preview of Sunday's game against Huddersfield Giants. Right, so let's uh, all get the tissues out and talk about St. Ellen's last week. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your big match review. So, Salford Red Devils went down 25 24 against St. Ellen's on Friday night, Paul. Proper roller coaster, that, wasn't it? Yeah, it certainly was, Rafi. It was funny because the first half was sort of a real cagey affair, wasn't it? And, uh, no, up until that, that kick through from Todd Carney. We, we never really created much in that first half, but we, you know, to go in eight all at half time, I thought it was a, was a, was a, was a decent effort from us, but the second half was just totally different, wasn't it, the way we came out in that, that second period. But, uh, but yeah, heartbreak at the end, Rob. Yeah, Salford side with nine levels at fullback Jake Bibbett, Chris Wellam, Junior Sal, Greg Johnson, Rob Lewitt, Todd Carney. Lamatazzi, Logan Tompkins, Craig Cockjack, Ben Murray-Masala, Ryan Lannan, uh, Lou Fold, Mark Flanagan. On the bench with Salford, Weller Rackett, Josh Jones, James Hassan and Chris Brining. Uh, Todd Carney instead of, of Michael Dobson. Richard, it was a, a tactical decision, Ian Watson said. Yeah, it was quite a... Well, it looked like a very stupid move as well because uh, a long periods Todd bossed the game. I thought he did really well. Um, certainly for, for the kick-throughs and... Uh, transferred transferred the game in the second half anyway and, and created a couple of tries so uh, yeah I thought it was all going to uh, come together another master stroke but sadly not quite yeah started well Todd Carney kicked a penalty Paul to get us in the lead and obviously penalties like that gets a good start for Salford yeah it did as I said it was quite a nervous start really you know, it was a bit of an arm wrestle and it was probably the right decision there to, to take the two points and uh, up until that I don't think St. Helens had offered much really I think we, we tackled them and they tackled us and it was uh, a nervous start to the game which obviously uh, there was a bit of a slip there for Matty Smith you know he threw a bit of a crazy dummy really and we all sort of fell for it on 25 minutes when he went over his try Yeah obviously Matty Smith playing against his former club uh, Richard um, you know we always seem to have a good game against us and uh, wasn't any different on Friday 
No, he turns it on, doesn't he, unfortunately for us. And uh, yeah, he seems to run a good line there and sell us, uh, sell us the, the dummy and he was over. A uh, bit of frustration because I think we were, we were quite, uh, quite even Stephen at that stage and uh, it was a shame because, uh, yeah, I thought we were, we were doing pretty well. But it was, it was quite a cagey start and, uh, yeah, it's it, it probably about right to go in, uh, to go in and about eight all. It was probably about fair at half time. Yeah, try on the buzzer, Paul. Great try by Ebbles. Nice kick by Carney. Um, obviously, chaos in the settled defence and uh, Ebbles goes over for the try. Yeah, well, he has a tendency to do that, Nile. You know, to get in the, those those positions, you know, with his with his speed, he always seems to be popping up. He backs up very well, and you know, he chases the, the kicks. And the, you know, as we'll talk about after in the second half for his second try, but he did really well there to finish that. It was a mistake at the back from Saint so we we disappointed that. But you know, you've got to uh, you've got to put these kicks in, and it was a teasing kick from Chad Carney. And yeah, I thought we deserved to, to go in level at half time, and uh, yeah, eight a piece at half time, uh, all was good. Yeah, Watson had his uh, say at half time, Richard, and uh, the boys came flying out, didn't they? Second half. Oh, we did. We were right on the uh, front foot from the off, and uh, like I said, Carney took over. I think at uh, uh, after half time and, and really bossed the game. And uh, from that point, we were, we were streaks ahead then. And uh, it was it was oh, as far as I could see, it was only going to be one winner. Yeah, it's great uh, that we have obviously great three eight three great heartbacks. Todd Carney, Rob Lewis, Michael Dobson, Paul. You know, all offering something different, and teams are you know getting quite afraid of them, aren't they? Yeah, they certainly are. And as Richard said there. The second half, sort of that first 20 minutes or so, 25 minutes, we were very, very impressive. It was a bit like the Warrington away game. We took complete control of the game. Todd Carney was kicking well. He was penning St. Helens sort of, you know, within 10 yards of their own line, forcing them to go 80 yards. Defence was really good. There's some big hits going in as well. And we scored three three good tries. And yeah, there was only one side playing rugby. There was only one side in the game. And uh, that, that was the shock, obviously, with the last eight minutes. But Greg Johnson came with a great try, I thought, from, from him. Finished it really well coming inside, showing showing really good strength and uh, that Todd Carney goal it in the post. That, mm. that, that sort of that's, in, in the end we didn't know at the time, but in the end that probably probably cost us. Yeah, great. You, know, you, you, you look at three scores versus four scores, and you, you definitely think three scores is enough, don't you? But yeah, that, that extra two points would have made all the difference. But the little post ah, could have been one lick of paint away from uh, from another victory. Yeah, I suppose the, the link up between Carney and Evels and Louis. Uh, Richard, you know, that kind of thing causing problems for defenders. Same when uh, Gaz O'Brien's involved, you know, teams are oh, finding it difficult, yeah. aren't they, to deal with it? Yeah, they are. They are. I, mean, I think any combination, you bring O'Brien back and he's, uh, he's good with his, uh, with his interplay. And uh, even Flanagan in there as well as, uh, as a loose forward carrying it. So there's, there's lots of different uh, problems we cause defences all the time. And, and when we turn it on like we did in the second half, there, uh, we're, we're a match for anyone. And, uh, so it, it's really good to see that you can slot someone like Todd Carney into the team and uh, and really not uh, not worry about it, but uh, bring him Dobbo, Dobbo back as well. And, and like I said, we've got uh, nine levels. It's, there's there's plenty of people there, plenty of strength and depth in that uh, in that pivot. So uh, it, it bodes well, definitely bodes well for the rest of the season. Yeah, Rob Louis uh, had a had a great night really, apart from the last couple of couple of seconds. Paul went over for a try, great feet around the rook to extend our lead to eighteen eight. Yeah, super try. Yeah, I thought he played really well. Robert Louis, you know, made a bit of a mistake at the end as we'll go on to speak about, but he couldn't deny anything in that second half. I thought he played really well. His partnership with, with Todd Carney was good. It was, it was totally in control, I thought, then we're bossing the game. Um, that, that try from Robert Louis, Todd Carney added the extra, so that 18-10 after 54 minutes. Yeah, we were, we were in complete control of that match then. I yeah. think that's when Louis, Louis was uh, 
but uh, I, half, wasn't he then? And uh, after the brining scoop, he, he, I think he smacked Roby and put him on his back and, and got us on the go forward from that. And then Louis probably beat a few players, didn't he? And then crashed over, uh, but did really well, both of them. And uh, like I said, on the front foot completely. Yeah, we talk about game management, Paul, and you know we had a lot of game management at that point. Was it four back-to-back sets on the Saints line? You know, taking a lot of juice out there, tank. Yeah, we certainly did. I, I uh, wrote a few notes in, in the game about. I think there was a couple where, where I pulled up on the Josh Jones. I think Josh Jones put a grubber kick. Cause I think that was a bit earlier on where he chased his own grubber kick and uh, penned the Settlers player behind the line. The commitment from the from the team there. I think Nia Levels forced to drop out. Todd Carney forced to drop out. Josh Jones as well. It was we good playing. And Settlers really didn't know what had hit them. And obviously that try from, from Robert Lou was, was, was a great finish from Robert on the back, as Richard said, a good work from from, uh, from Chris Bryan and. Just going on to Chris, I thought our intensity dropped a bit when, when Chris went off for the last 15 minutes or so in the game. Not, nothing against Logan Tompkins, but we did seem to, to drop off a bit there and put, put the cue on the rack. But obviously after the, the Robert Lewis try, Maya Levels came up with another try there, another fantastic kick from Todd Kane, but a great finish from, from Maya Levels, showing great pace there to outpace the set on defender. Yeah, 24 8 up, Richard, at that point. You know, me and Paul on the cigars out in the, in the commentary box, and uh, you know, fans were buzzing, weren't they? <laughs> they were, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, on the commentary um, for, for Merseyside, they were saying that uh, a few Saints fans were leaving at that point because uh, they were that far ahead. But uh, you know, you never you never write the Saints off as it was in the in the two thousand era. Um, and uh, yeah, God, it came back to haunt us that. But uh, going back to the uh, the Evels try, I thought uh, he did really well to keep that in. He's got he's a natural finisher, and he? he's he's a he's a poacher. But both of them. In, Completely different to his uh, his try scoops on the wing as he as he as he normally pops up, but these were kick throughs and um, I think uh, I think it's something they must have worked on a lot in training and, and something that Niles very very good at sniffing out those opportunities. So uh, it's great to see that, uh, that he still does that. But yeah, the uh, that that control of that game. I think you mentioned the game management uh, a few minutes ago. Uh, seemed to just slip away. I, I, think I agree with uh, I agree with Paul that. Possibly what happened when, when Brian went off. I think Logan looked a bit tired. Um, for, certainly for, I think, the first try, maybe, uh, on the Saints' comeback. Um, did he bounce off one of the players? I think he might have yeah, bounced yeah, off. I think Logan yeah. yeah, and uh, he actually pushed him away. And then, looking back at the replays, Lannan was on the way to defend, to, to come back on him. And it seemed like Tompkins just bounced off him. And he used Tompkins' weight to just go the other way on Lannan finished under the post so it's frustrating that and uh, it's not something you see very often from Tompkins you tend to praise him on his defence but he looks a bit tired in that set now no, it's one of them things in it really boys that you know St Ellen's are a team that are capable of doing that and I think half of the problem was obviously we weren't against St Ellen's because you're, you're always expecting Paul Saints to, to do something like that are you? Yeah certainly I, I thought we looked a bit tired in the last sort of eight, eight and nine minutes of that game there. we seem to have ran out of steam a bit and sometimes no, St. Helens got, I think they got the ball back from the short kickoff. And uh, was it after the uh, Evels track? I mean, they didn't score from that, but you could see the momentum change a bit in the game and they started throwing caution to the wind. And some of the rugby they played was, was outstanding. I mean, some of that defending was quite poor, but you know, they, were, they were backing each other up, making breaks. And I was disappointed with the, the try that Regan Grave scored because I thought, I thought Greg Johnson could have done better there. He seemed to just let go of his man and he sort of pirouetted out of the tackle and, and, and ran away. I thought that was quite poor from from Greg that his defence is not usually too bad so but yeah you, you've got to give Saints a bit of credit I thought Mark Percival did very well on, in the centres there in that last 10 minutes he created a lot of the opportunities and you know we've got pace all over the place with Grace and Johnny Lomax and 
Yeah, it shows, uh, Richard, about momentum. And for, for me, it was more mental thing. They kind of panicked, didn't they, in the last seven minutes? And St. Helens beating St. Helens, you know, they've done it time and time again, haven't they? And, you know, that's the problem, I think. I think, obviously, when you go to teams like St. Helens, you're going to have to be able to stop the play. And, unfortunately, we weren't able to do it, were we? Yeah, so we've got to, we've got to keep the... We've got to keep the lid on that now. I think Saints had all the momentum, didn't they? But it was uh, it was so frustrating to see that uh, that we ended up losing. We could have had a point there. The, the worst case could have been a point, and now it ended up being the uh, uh, the horrific drop goal from uh, of all players, within uh, uh, Matty Smith. But there you go. Unfortunately, that's the way it is. Um, I think I think if he'd have had his time again, probably wouldn't have done that. But again, you can see. You can see why we're a positive team now. We've changed that mindset of, of not wanting to uh, to lose and to, to, to make sure we, we try everything. And that has happened. That's that's worked on previous occasions. I think I can't remember which match it was, but he reverse kicked uh, for Evels to, to nip in, albeit that was in their twenty. But um, if, if that had come off, we'd have been talking a fantastic win and, and uh, celebrating. But um, maybe Ian Watson will tell him not to do that in future. But at the same time, I don't think I'd want to put a well, I'll put a stop to Rob Louie doing what he does instinctively. I mean, he's a great player, isn't he? So, uh, yeah, it's, it's tough to take on it. But we should we should have shut it out. At the worst case, we should have uh, we should have drawn. Yeah, I suppose, Paul. It shows how far we've come as a club that you know we're pushing to win it at the end. I'd rather us you know die trying than, than you know struggle and, and and not go for big moments like that. Because obviously, linking about it, if Mark Flanagan had done the same in that million pound game, we wouldn't have gone up. Yeah, that's right. Players try things, don't they? I mean, Rob Lewis is a positive player. Richard said there, I think he just wanted to win the game. But sometimes things come off, sometimes they don't. Do I mean, at the end of the day, you've got to give Max Smith a bit of credit because he's a belting drop goal or whatever. I mean, that, that could have gone wide. I mean, I think a couple of sets before that, when he's 24, old Johnny Lomax had to go to drop goal, didn't he? And it went wide. I think Nia Levels fielded that. We came back out. Obviously, Robert Lewis tried that. The ball's going straight to Max Smith. And, you know, them sort of things don't happen every week. But, I mean, Max Smith could have tried that nine times at a time it had gone wide. Or um, I think it was McCarthy Scars looking past in the ball nine times at a time that ball was to ground on it, and that doesn't happen. So I mean, you've got to credit St. Ellis for that couple of minutes there. I thought they played played very well there. The support play was superb, and they opened it up like a, like a tin of peaches, didn't they? In that last eight minutes. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I've got no axe to grind against Robert Louis. I thought he played superb in that match. And he tried something. He didn't come off. I mean, at the end of the day, if we've lost two league points, we've not got that kind of challenge cup. So, if he tries that in the challenge cup, though, in final, and it doesn't happen, then I'll have something to say to him. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll move on from that. I mean, we saw Robert Louis at the end of the game, didn't we, Rob, walking yeah. out, and he was absolutely gutted. And, uh, you know, he's, I'm sure he'll be all right. I'm sure he'll come back this week against Huddersfield. And you'll probably, probably find that that'll spur him on this week against Huddersfield. I'm sure it will. Yeah, we spoke to Todd Carney and Lamatazzi after the game, and this is what they have to say. Lamatazzi, it's great to join me. I mean, thanks for coming speaking to me tonight. You must be gutted after that. I mean, you put so much hard work into that game, and, and especially in the second half. How do you sum that one up? Oh, that hurts, mate. We 22 8 with 10, 10 to go. We should have put it a bit. But if anything, you know, we should use it as motivation and a massive learning curve for us. Yeah, big game to bounce back in next week. Huddersfield, you've got to take your frustrations out on them guys, and I'll be next Sunday. Is that the way you're going to play it? Yeah, it's a long turnaround, so it'll give us some good time to prepare well and, and, and recover, you know. It's been a solid block of games, and 
you know, if anything, we need to recover and then rip into training next week. You guys can take a lot of positives from that tonight. The way you bossed that second half as well. I know St. Helens came back, but you did a lot of good things right in that yeah. game, didn't you? you? Know Josh Jones came. There's a lot of good yeah. grubber kicks in there. You put pressure on him, and you made it difficult for St. Helens, didn't you? Yeah, but you know, we're still end of the day. We still we still lost by one point. And, uh, as much as it hurts, but we can't dwell on it now. Yeah, yeah. You, you suppose it's all about bounce back ability now, and uh, yeah. wish you all the best for next week, Lamar. And uh, thanks for taking time thanks, to speak mate. to me tonight, mate. Appreciate Good luck next week. Thank you. Joined by uh, Todd Carney. Oh, what can you say about that good result? It's rugby league, mate. That's why. Um, that's why they create the game is 80 minutes, and uh, there's no golden point over here. So that's why I guess the frantic football and. Um, yeah, as I, as I said, it's rugby league and that's the beauty of it. It's, it's 13 blokes going at it and I come down to the wire tonight and credit to St Helens. Um, probably it was, it was a scrappy first half from both teams and we come out and played a bit of football in the second half and we got away to a lead and credit them. They brought, brought the game back and um, got to even and it's just the way it is. It's... That's, that's why that's why there's so many people in this in the in the crowd. It's 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 why rugby league's so great. Yeah, looking at the positives though, you know, both played fantastic rugby in that second half. Yourself, you know, pulling the strings. It was, it was good stuff. Yeah, it is obviously in any any game you take out positives. Uh, there's a lot of negatives in the first half, and and there's probably 39 minutes of positives in the second half. Um, uh, Robbie's got his head down at the moment, but we shouldn't have been in that position. And um, he, he was great the whole game. He um, and it shouldn't come down to that. It's, it's just the way it is. It's um, it's a cruel game sometimes. And I said to him in the shower, he's not going to be the first, and he won't be the last. It will probably happen over the weekend. In could happen next in two weeks in Origin. That's the way the game is. Yeah, I'll just feel next week opportunity to, to fix a few problems and get uh, you know another two points hopefully. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, you've seen their result tonight. Um, they're playing some good football and um, we're going to have our work cut out. Um, as I as mentioned a few weeks ago, uh, when you're at the top of the ladder, teams get a gun for you, and they turn up and play well in the first half, and we probably got caught on the bus today. So um, that's our focus this week is to work on our first 40 and um, play like we did in the second half, and I'm sure we'll be fine. Yeah, big thanks for talking to us in the devil detail. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. So that was Todd Carney and Lamatazzi reflecting on the defeat against St. Ellen's. Uh, Lamatazzi, you know, we're totally devastated, weren't he, Paul? Yeah, he was. I didn't, I didn't know what to say to him, really, to be honest. Because, I mean, we were in our bottom, let's say it right. We were both in, in sort of a bit of shock, really, weren't we, after that game at the, at the press conference. I felt sorry for him because I thought we played really well in that second half. Up until that 78, 72nd minute, we, we totally dominated. And then it sort of snatched away from you, really. That's what would hurt more than, I mean, if it had been a nip and tuck game and Saints had dropped the goal in the last minute, you had to take that on the chin. But because we played so well, I mean, I tried to say that to Lama Thousand, he wasn't really having any of it, he was just that disappointed. And you can understand that with Lama, because he's been playing really well this season, I thought he did an excellent game Friday, and he was going there with a point to prove, and I just think he was, he was really disappointed, but um, I'm sure we'll be playing St. Helens in the Super Nights, and he'll have a chance to, uh, to get one over on them. Yeah, I think Todd Carney made a point, uh, Richard, that, you know, it's rugby league, that's what it's all about, you know, it's up and down, it's, it's uh, drama, uh, and, that, and that's what it is, that's what the game's all about, isn't it? Well, it's never as old moment being a Salford fan, but uh, particularly and a Saints fan actually from, from watching that one. I bet uh, I know a few Saints from uh, from work, and I, I copped a bit of stick on Monday morning. To be honest, uh, didn't appreciate that one. But uh, yeah, I mean it is it's a roller coaster ride, isn't it? And the fact that uh, I think it's drawing a point. Another point is um, when you look at 
the, how, how far Saints came back in that game, and they were right to celebrate. But the, the, the fact that they celebrated so much, like they, you know, they, they won uh, against Wigan, possibly. The, the, I know the comeback was amazing, but it shows you how far Salford have come, really, and uh, and how well we're doing this season. That that's such a big scalp to them that they managed to uh, to get one over on us. Because uh, I think we give them a bit of a pelting at our place uh, early in the season, so it was, um, yeah, it was, it's a frustration. But as Todd Carney says, you know, this is rugby league, that's why they love it. Yeah, Saints kind of front of us, we're having a having a wild time, weren't they, Paul? Yeah, so well, we we had a wild time in front of them for the last <laughs> bit, for most of that second half. Yeah. So yeah, we had to cop a bit there, didn't we? But it, like like we just said, to me, those sort of games are what make rugby league, aren't they? What such a special sport, and I mean, you know. It doesn't, in my opinion, doesn't compare to any sport where we believe the greatest game and things like that. They just take your breath away, even though you're on the losing side. It's still a pleasure to be there and be part of the atmosphere and just be part of that spectacle because that, that was a fantastic game I thought, on, on Friday night. And to be involved in those games like we have been this season, we've been involved in some cracking matches, haven't we? And it does, it just shows us how far we've, we've come. And obviously, we'll talk later on in the news about the, the players, the new players signing new contracts and, and things like that. I think we're only going to get better. I think, you know, this time next year, I think we'll be in better side. Yeah, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, Richard. And, you know, that's what's going to happen. I think, you know, tasting defeat like that, when it comes to bigger games in the future, you know, the boys are going to be uh, more conditioned to, to be able to play in them, you know, in that situation. Yeah, you'd, you'd hope so. You know, they, they learn a lot for, from possibly just the eight minutes where we were, uh, we were so... <laughs> So trampled on by Saints, and, and just take that away and, uh, and work on it in, in training, and, and why why it went wrong and, and what happened. So yeah, I mean to take anything away from that game, what you would have been, yeah, gutted obviously. But um, I think the, the the fact that we can we can turn it around now on on Sunday, hopefully against against Hood, um, and uh, and get a good victory. But yeah, I think they'll learn a lot. They'll learn a lot from that close defeat. Yeah, Paul, you spoke to Ian Watson in coach's corner after the game, and this is what he had to say. Coach's corner. Hi, Ian Watson. Kindly agreed to join me after that. You must be gutted after that. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a devastating loss for us on the back of what we'd done over the 70 minutes, to be fair. We'd kind of, first half, we didn't play that great, but we were right in the game. Um, second half, we came out and we played how we play. Our standards were good in defensively, and we got control of the game. We got a 16 point lead, and then from there, we should never have let it go. But last 10 minutes, we just fell off it, and um, a good team like Sellers are going to bite you. From eight points to two down, though, opening up a 24 8 lead, I mean, let's look at the positive to that second half. You know, we, we dominated a good St. Helens side there, didn't we? And, you know, Todd Carney's kicking was good. What was the option of bringing Todd in? Was that a tactical change that this week? Yeah, yeah. We just I felt Todd did real well when playing against Warrington, to be fair. And obviously, we've got uh, we've got Dobbo there and we've got um, Rob Lewis. One of them's going to miss out at some point as well, but we just felt it was right for, to bring Todd in and play this game as well. And I think he's shown that in his performance. He was controlling the game second half in his kicking game. It's just we just needed to be better defensive in the last 10 minutes. You couldn't really see that coming the way we was dominating that second half. Like you say, Todd Carney's kicking was, was spot on. He was penning St. Helens down there, and everything seemed to be going right. And you know, they've got like to Josh Jones, his work, higher levels, the desire was there, and the effort was there. You can't question that, can you? No, can you? you can, well, you can't question it until the last 10 minutes. And then the last 10 minutes, we were a different team on that. We people run through us let them get on the front foot and playing quick which is what we've done to them to be fair but we just went away from how we were playing and what we were doing and that's, that's a disappointing thing and to be fair hopefully it teaches us a lesson and shows that if we do what, what we can set out to do then we'll win games on the back of it we've just got to learn them lessons quickly 
suppose with a side like St. Helens as well, they can score those tries, can't they? They've got the pace, they've got the pace out wide as well. You, you're going to get burned against them sort of teams. Top right? teams can, they're not going to quit on you, they're not going to give up as well. And that's something that we're learning. We're at the top end of the table now, and it's like the business end of the season as well. And the bigger the games get, the more likely they're going to be in these games where they're at arm wrestle mentality as well. But what we can't do is shut up shop now whether this is a big learning phase for us because we've not been in the top end of the table for a while as well um, and learning how to manage these games and kill them off is the, is the key for us now so it's just that working together and we'll get we'll, we're at to fight it this weekend so I just feel I suppose Robert Louis was a bit disappointed in the end there but I mean there's, a, there's an argument you could say he was trying to be positive there he was trying to win the game for us wasn't he and you know you, yeah, you can say it's a poor option but he, he wasn't to know that was going to come yeah, on he can't be too harsh on him yeah we didn't lose it on the back of that mate we lost it on the, the last 10 minutes the way we're trying to perform that sometimes we dropped off what we were doing to be fair and Robbie's come up with something at the end he's probably tried to chase the try and come up with something special when he didn't need to and I say it's one of them that comes off for him then everyone will be saying how, how good Robbie was at doing something and it's not come up for him today Max Smith's come up with a great piece of skill to drop a goal from 50 odd metres out as well so he's got to give some credit to Max Smith because I don't think there's many other people in the game who could have finished that there's composure that from Smith I suppose it's how you bounce back now Huddersfield at home is it next week next Sunday so you've got the sort of a nine day turnaround for that now yep. so we bounce back for that are you going to have anybody back next week who oh, the injured lads back or? to be fair we're, we're pretty as we are to be fair how oh, genius Al because he went yeah. off in the first half looked yeah. like he did his fingers yeah. he dislocated something from his skin so nice. he dislocated it <laughs> but it's just about, it's about us regrouping now and using that as a learning tool for going forward and a bit of motivation going into the Huddersfield game but we've got to rectify it against Huddersfield to show that we're a, a good team and what we want to be is which is contenders in the league well good looking train this weekend and thanks very much for speaking to us cheers thanks Bob so that was Ian Watson in coach's corner, Paul. You know, he was he was a bit gutted about the result, but you know, looking forward, when he really? Yeah, he was. You, you know, Ian, he's like because he knows how much it meant. I think you know to, to win that game after thirty-seven years of not winning there. He came close. He came close to getting a result and. Like we said to him in the press conference, we did a lot of good things in that in that match, and especially in that second half. And I think he was disappointed, but I think he, he's going to focus on the positives of the game as well. So, uh, so yeah, um, I could have hooked him absolutely, and I felt so sorry for him. And like we was in the press conference, Rob, and not no one wanted to ask, ask him a question. So um, I thought you know there was better about the other people in the press conference, but we did. We sort of uh, stuck up for him and. Uh, and yeah, on to next week now, and I'm sure uh, Ian Watson will have the troops ready for Huddersfield. Yeah, I suppose it's not just a learning curve uh, for the players, uh, Richard, it's, I suppose it's a learning curve for Ian Watson as well. Obviously, games like that, um, you know, he needs to have, obviously learn from that and make it not happen again. Well, yeah, you forget he's only, you know, he's only a few seasons to the job, isn't he? So, uh, he's, he's a relative novice compared with some of the guys going around the... Uh, uh, the Super League. So, yeah, he'll, he'll learn from every single game, and, and that's another one uh, under his belt. And, you know, while we're while we're on this, we were on the, the, the tremendous run early in the season. You've got to expect a few defeats now, and uh, the manner of it is going to sting. But um, he's, he's got to look at the positives, how far we've come, and that that you know the continuity of players that we've got in there, and, and the, the the lines that we're running. Everything everything does bode well for for the Super Eights, and um, at least we can say we're in the Super Eights. That's another positive. It don't feel like it. It don't feel great after the you know the last few losses and what have you in the league, but. Um, I don't think we're I don't think we're on a slippery slope or anything. I don't think there's there's anything to be really worried about. Um, I just think we need to just show, show more energy for the full eighty, and uh, and we'll we'll come out winning more than losing. Uh, these last you know the last few games we've got coming up, I think we'll talk about later on. But um, you know there's, there's, there's 
there's got to be there's got to be some some wins in there. You can't just uh, you can't just say we're going to lose it all now we're on a slide. I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of good to be taken off that match. Um, just unfortunately, we came out the wrong side. Yeah, looking at the stats, Paul, a lot of tackling tackles being made. Ryan Lanning with 39, Oli Krasnicki with 26, Kotjak with 28. Forwards putting a a lot of work, didn't they? It certainly did, and to keep St. Ellen's down to one try in sort of 72 minutes, he scored the, the last three in the last eight minutes, so one try in 72 minutes of a match, I think, was superb, really. especially in that first half. St. Ellen's had an awful lot of ball in the first half, and, and uh, quite a bit of territory as well, and um, and yeah, and we, we tackled them really well, and they've got a lot of pace in that side, so I thought the forwards, I thought the whole team worked really hard on on, on, on Friday night, and that, that was the disappointing thing for me, the amount that effort we put in, and you know, to get that close and then to have it taken away, it was, it was a bit of pill to swallow for me anyway. Yeah, Mark Flanagan with 31, uh, Chris Brining uh, with uh, 24. Uh, Richard, you know, the forwards, you know, that, that's supposed to, against a tough set on part, they put a big shift in, didn't they? You've got to expect that, haven't you, against them at home and, uh, you know, they went all guns blazing at us. So, yeah, it was, it was a solid performance from them, like uh, Paul said, up until the last... Eight minutes, uh, they, they put in a really good performance, but I think they, they just looked really tired then, and, and Saints were on a roll, weren't they? And uh, you, like I said, you've got to expect that. Unfortunately, we weren't uh, we weren't up for it quite as much as we could have been. Uh, but Ian Watson will learn from it, like we said. Yeah, big meter makers. Craig Copjack with 97, Oli Krasnicki with 80, Lamatazzi with 92. Paul, you know Lamatazzi playing with his former club, you know making big meters. Yeah, certainly was. I thought Lamatazzi played really well. He caught some good hits on Friday night as well. Oldie Krasnicki, he wasn't actually in the original 19-man squad, but was drafted in as well. And Iraqi pulled up in the warm-up, so you know Oldie slotted in there, and he's very reliable. Oldie, I mean, not in the 19-man squad, but yet still comes up with a with a super performance. And like we've mentioned before, he doesn't always get the uh, get the plaudits he deserves because I think he's become a really solid player in the in the pack this season. And, you know, going on to Mark Flanagan, I thought Josh Jones was excellent as well, you know, coming back into the side after his uh, after his time on the sidelines with an injury. So, so yeah, a lot of positives to, to, to come out of the game from, from the players. Yeah. I, I think the game caught up with Josh a bit, to be honest. That, those last few minutes, once he, he looked he looked uh, quite heavy-legged uh, running around the pitch the last 10 minutes or so. But, yeah, that's because he's, he's been out for a while, isn't it? So, you've got you to expect that, unfortunately. Yeah, those all good teams, Richard, though, have, have them players like Olsey, Krasniki and Flanagan. Uh, and Josh Jones, to, you know, to get you, you know, where you need to be, where the, the top players like uh, Rob Louie and Michael Dobson, you know, can make a big difference. Well, I say they can do the dirty work, don't they, and then leave the uh, leave the spectacular stuff to the the ball players. But uh, they're they're Mr. Reliable, aren't they? Flanagan particularly, and uh, obviously we talk about uh, Copjack every week as well. So uh, these these guys do the do the work and, and get through the, the hard yards. Lamatazzi as well. And Paul was saying play particularly well against his former side. So yeah, those guys need to do the dirty work, and them and they, the the backs can uh, do the pretty stuff. But um, it, it was a, it was a overall very solid performance again. Once it just said uh, apart from that eight minutes. Yeah, big thanks to everyone who did the three word match reports. Man, the match I've got a few here. Tommy Frame threw it away. His man of match was Rob Lewis. Uh, Katie Reynolds got no words. Her man of match was Evels. Uh, Jake Chanuk, um What the hell? And his man of the match was uh, the referee. Didn't the referee had too much of a bad game, Paul? Oh, he must have got man of the match. Mm. I thought he did quite well. <laughs> um, I thought there was, a, there was a few strange decisions in the first half, but no, I didn't, I didn't think he had an overly, overly bad game, really, from, from where I was sat. Um, no, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, wouldn't believe it. So I didn't know who the referee was, actually. It was um, 
Scott Mikalowskis. I've not heard of him before, so... Uh, yeah, I think he made his debut. I think it was his debut. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't think he, he, was, he was overly, overly bad at all, to be honest. I thought, it was, I thought it was an excellent game. I really enjoyed it. And, you know, it was, it was end-to-end, wasn't it? You know, especially in the first half, good defence and, you know, nip and tuck and in the second half, it had everything, didn't it? So, um, so yeah, I thought it was okay. Yeah, Paul Foster went to sleep. His man of the match was coffee. Richard Martin, what just happened? Uh, Evels, uh, Nicholas Fletcher, um, Sung Till Horse, and his man of the match was Brian. And the fans were amazing again, weren't they, Richard? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've got a really solid away following now, haven't we? Uh, call upon them wherever, wherever they are and singing their hearts out, uh, whether we're, we're up or down. I think that was particularly hard to take, wasn't it, for a lot of the fans. I think uh, they would have gone home absolutely gutted. Uh, t- probably taking a bit of stick as well outside the stadium on the way out but uh, they'll, they'll be back the next time we're away they'll, they'll be back uh, when are we oh, yeah, we're playing Cath aren't we the next, next away match but we'll take it but hopefully take a really good following there um, but yeah it's, it's a good solid set of fans we've got uh, watching away and uh, singing to the horse I think that sums it up yeah Max was, his man of the match was uh, Louis Lee and Derby it still hurts his man of the match was Brian, in, Brian and Carney Graham Jones said keep the faith. His man of the match was Carney. Colin Reynolds, silly, silly Louis. And his man of the match was Louis, though. Uh, and Suzanne, is it Cow? Uh, live, live and learn. And her man of the match was uh, Todd Carney. But obviously, Paul, you've got to live and learn like uh, like uh, Suzanne says. And I'm sure the boys will come you know, come good. Yeah, you've got to learn from mistakes, haven't you? And I'm sure they will. I'm sure they'll, they'll come out all good. But I think you'll see a reaction from the players on Sunday against Huddersfield, definitely. Who was your man of the match, Richard? Uh, I'd have to go with Louis, despite the uh, yeah the little hiccup. Definitely. How about you, Paul? Match. Good night levels for me. I thought Nile was excellent. I thought he scored his two tries. He was finished brilliantly. I thought he defended really well, and I can't see him not being number one on on Sunday against Huddersfield. I'm pretty sure he'll be full back again. Yeah, I'm going to go for Todd Carney. Thought it was outstanding on Friday. So, you know, getting us around the field. Obviously, with the absence of Dobson, it's a bit more pressure on him, and I thought he was, uh, he was brilliant in that second half for us. So that was uh, us talking about the game against Settlements on Friday, and what we'll do now, we'll look at all the news coming out of Salford Red Devils this week. So here's the news coming out of Salford Red Devils this week. We'll start with the good news. Uh, Rob Louis Paul signs new contract. Big, big news for us. Yeah, excellent news for us. Yeah, I've just heard that today. Today, Rob, it's been uh, Tuesday. Great news for us, and especially with the other news with higher levels as well. I think there's only sort of Adam Wall, I think, now, Olsi Krasniki and Chad Carney, I think, who's not, who's not signed for next season. So hopefully we can get Adam Wall and Krasniki signed up. I don't know what the score's going to be with Todd Carney now, now Louis signed the contract, but that's, that's brilliant news. That's what we were waiting to hear. I mean, they've heard all sorts of rumours about his going to Leeds and stuff like that, so it just shows what a lot of rubbish that was. I'm glad he's been staying with us. Especially for his performances this season. As we were saying before as well about continuity of the side. I mean, if we're playing that well this season, if we can perhaps bring one or two players in to bolster this side, how good are we going to be next season? So I think it's brilliant that we've got blokes tied down and, uh, and that's, that's great news with Robert anyway, especially for the rumours that say he's leaving. Yeah, it gives us all a boost, doesn't it, Richard? A lot of people have been calling for Rob Louis to get his contract signed and he, he comes in and does it. Yeah, I think it's uh, really positive, isn't it? I think there was a, there was a story... Um, either online or in one of the papers last week about um, maybe he was happy but his wife wasn't 100% or something like that. It's, it's, there, was, there was some possibility of him uh, not signing but brilliant that the Docs uh, got him signed up now and uh, 
and uh, Nile as well. I think earlier earlier this week, wasn't it? Uh, we got Nile levels, and unfortunately, that's been taking a bit of a backseat for from Rob Louis. But there's quite a bit of talk about what will Nile levels uh, stay or go, and it's really good to see him signing as well. Yeah, having both of them sign, Paul, it boosts our fullbacks position and the halfbacks. All teams have a good, you know, core strength in that area, and them two signing the new contracts, you know, builds ours, well, keeps ours strong, doesn't it? Of course it does, yeah, there was all sorts of talk about now. levels, what they're going on loan, it was in the League Express a few weeks ago, teams were after him on loan this season, and, and this, that, and the other, but I think with Niall, I think he's sort of, he's made sure he's got a new contract with the way he's played, I mean, he scored 11 tries in the last 10 games, and like Ian Watson said the other week to us, um, he's been super since he's gone back to fullback, he's, he's sort of kept Gareth O'Brien out of the side the last few games, and you know, he's been top-notch, so he's definitely got himself a new contract anyway. And, uh, you know, now he's been at the club since about 15 years old, like coming through the academy. and, and he, He's been great. I mean, we've watched his progress over the last few years, and I'll make uh, no bones about it. I'm a massive Nile levels fan. He's probably one of them. I don't like saying I've got favourite players, but Niles is on the quiet is a little favourite of mine, I think. You know, speaking to his dad the last few years, I've got to know him at the matches. And, and he's a super kid. He's got a super attitude. For the, for the game and I'm just delighted that he's staying because I think he's going to be a big star for us in the future Yeah, Evels has come through the, the kind of the, the youth system as well uh, Richard, that's great you know I mean we want to be able to you know promote the youth I know obviously we haven't got the academy set up at the moment but you know hopefully in the next year or so it'll come back and it'll be a, a pathway and it'll be a, you know ambition for, for other kids coming through Yeah, he'll be, he'll be a shining light won't he as, a, as an example to the others hopefully because uh, he's he, back in the last season, obviously the million pound game is involvement in that was uh, was brilliant. So uh, he's yeah he's earned this he's earned this signing and uh, and hopefully he can kick on from here now. Like Paul was saying, eleven in ten is a really good return, particularly from fullback. It's uh, it's it's a cracking uh, effort that. So uh, I hope that uh, they find space in in the team. Uh, Watto's got a real headache now because he's uh, we've got Evans and obviously Gareth knocking on the door still his, his performances didn't drop particularly so uh, we've got real competition for places I think um, mentioning the continuity thing as well for next season I think I think when we talked last time we were talking about how Castleford did it last year fell away a bit at the end but uh, we're, still, we're still right up there and challenging and hopefully if we can have that and then kick on to the next season I don't want to look too far ahead we've got you know third in the league and semi-final <laughs> challenge cup but you know if, if you want to Peer into next season. Now we've got all these guys tied down. You're looking into the future and you think another couple of signings, and we could be right up there. And uh, continuity and strength in depth of the squad. There's, there's nothing we can't achieve, surely. Mm, I think obviously, Paul. You know, the position we find ourselves in with the semi-final and, and being second. It's a great negotiation tactic for obviously players who are here and players who possibly want to come. You know, was playing so well and being so far up the league. Yeah, I think um, what Ian Watson and the coaching staff, you know, Gleeson and, um, and Willie Poaching, what they're building, I think, you know, other players on the outside must be looking at that and they must speak to, you know, friend, you must have friends at the club, you know, other players from you know, Australia and from this country must know players itself and they must sort of look into that and think, why, I mean, they're building something really special there and I think that attracts players, you know, if you've got a settled environment and, you know, the players are feeding off Ian Watson and he's a good, young, ambitious coach and players from other clubs and other parts of the world they'll, they'll want to be part of that I'm sure and I don't think we'll have any any problems attracting uh, good players to come and sign for us uh, for next season but just going back to this season we've got a lot of big games coming up now and again, there's going to be a lot of intense games as well and we're going to have a lot of atmospheres like we did on, on Friday night it's going to be finishes like Friday night as well where we've got to make sure we switch on and uh, 
we've got the squad there to do it, I think, now. And, uh, you know, providing we can keep clear of major injury problems, I'm, I'm sure we'll be fine. But, yeah, I think those signings, those new contracts have been superb. And uh, I'm, I'm glad they both tied themselves down. Yeah, the club are also they've been out, Paul, in the, in the community as well. They've got a, a Red Devils fan van that's been driving around the city. Uh, they're trying to cover a thousand miles uh, between now and uh, Sunday. I think it's great, obviously, being out in the in the city, both at Manchester and Salford, uh, promoting the game. Yes, certainly. I saw that yesterday. On, uh, I think it was on social media where I saw it. I think Ian Blaze was, was driving it actually in uh, what I was on the old loudspeaker, but. But yeah, there seems to be a buzz at the moment and if we can attract some people down for, for Sunday, I mean, Sunday's going to be another excellent game for us, field, they're hitting a bit of farm, they've got a good, good draw against Wigan uh, the weekend just gone, so it's going to be a very tough game on Sunday, but uh, it's another chance for us to hopefully get back up to second in the league if it, if it won't slip up, I think they've gone into second, so so yeah, yeah, that's another positive thing and uh, yeah, Ian Watson uh, campaigning for supporters, yeah, excellent. Yeah, I suppose it's the thing Alex Ferguson did for Aberdeen, Richard, in his early, his early days and you know, I think it's great, you know, they're out in the community reaching outside the bubble in this fan van with this mad, this mad loud speaker, you know, trying to entice fans in to, to watch the game. Yeah, I had, uh, I had a bet on you'd mentioned the bubble in that next <laughs> sentence there. I'm glad I should have put some money on that. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it is, it's, it's great, it's great to see. And um, they've, they've got to get out there. I mean, there's, there's, you know, the perception that the Salford, you know, the Salford faithful are... Uh, only a couple of thousand of us and, and uh, the, the stay away fans mm-hmm. out there but um, I think if it, the, the results we've had certainly with the Challenge Cup and mm-hmm. uh, the season we've had and these players signing if we can get that word out there that uh, that we're doing something special this season and, and building then uh, there's no reason why people should stay away and, and this is really encouraging to see particularly from Watson himself getting out there and uh, and hopefully spreading the word of Salford. Yeah, to be fair, Richard, the club are trying the best to burst this bubble. Uh, they've been to uh, lots of schools yeah. this week. Uh, they went to the Armed Forces Day in Swinton. They went to Goldfest. You went down, didn't you, Paul, as well, to see what they were up to. It was uh, a good day, wasn't it? Yeah, the foundation were there. Yeah, I was talking to Danny Barton, actually, on, uh, on Saturday down there. My kids had to go at um, tag, tag rugby. It was a little bit dragged me on as well. We were best clothes. I was playing tag rugby, and that was all right, actually, as well. And the... Uh, Pulled, pulled me back out <laughs> doing it but yeah I enjoyed it and they were spreading the word and giving picture posters out to kids and there was a lot, quite a lot of people down there at one stage you know there was all sort of um, different age groups at different times and sales sharks were down there and Salford as well so um, so they were spreading, spreading the name of, the, of our club and yeah it's excellent that you I mean we mention it every week what the, the work that the, the foundation does in the community and uh, I can't speak highly enough of him I remember Danny Barton as you do Rob as a player at Salford mm-hmm. You know, he's, uh, he's got a lot of passion for, for the club and, uh, and those guys are doing a great job. You notice, Richard, he played his performance down. I bet now Danny Brighton was sat there taking notes thinking, Paul Whiteside, <laughs> thinking that he was, he was <laughs> marked up as the I next year. Who's this gem, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> we won covered. <laughs> he's big for a 14-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's great, obviously, Richard. You know, the, the club are trying the best. They're in the school. They've got this golden ticket. Uh, going on as well and it, it's fabulous you know they're getting they're trying the best and that's all fans can ask for can't we yeah that's it we've got to get out there and uh, and they seem to be doing that now I think a lot of it early on was, was frustration from the, the regular fans because the, there's obviously there's the talk on Twitter and what have you there's always natter and chatter going on on social media but actually getting out there and uh, and getting into the community particularly with the kids um, 
it's, it's very positive and, and these golden tickets is a, it's a cracking idea and, and uh, I know Dr. Devil is, is distributing them as well and uh, with Ian Blees and so it's, it's really positive to see um, and hopefully we can we can actually translate that into bums on seats in the next few weeks yeah talking to Dr. Devil Richard he was at Haydock uh, this week he uh, finished third in the in the national chase uh, we've seen the, the, the race I think the Saints uh, mascot needs to uh, be investigated I reckon for them Boot kicking uh, definite stewards inquiry needed for that very dodgy very, it looked a long way and all I think they were all quite out of puff <laughs> at the end uh, I don't know how, how far it was but they, they certainly made the most of it and uh, yeah unfortunately uh, Saints romped away so that's the second time in uh, in a week they've done us yeah it was but like you say it's great obviously also having a presence at, at Haydock Paul you know it's good for our profile as a club yeah I watched that on the, me and Mrs Whiteside went out for a meal on, the, on Saturday night sat there and she got a phone up like she does and she said oh Dr. Devil's in this race and I said oh how's it going so anyway we sat there there was about 10 minutes of build up of them all stood there in the stalls and then eventually we pretty much sat there and then the race set off but I was surprised really because when you watch like an horse race on the telly the camera sort of moves with the race doesn't it but the guy filming just sort of stood there on the start line so you just saw them all set off and then I couldn't really see what had happened then at the end but um, but yeah, I was. I saw the St. Helens mascot on, on Friday night, and he had like a big sort. It was like a dog in it with a, with a big pair of boots. So the one that that ran there on, on Saturday looked like a player in a suit with a pair of rugby boots on. So uh, I think controversial. Uh, I think Doctor Devil has been a bit dumb there, to be honest. But uh, but yeah, he did well to come for didn't he? Did well. Yeah, and he's great. Obviously, being at Haydock, it's a, you know a, a national event in it really. So for him to finish third, it's it's a good idea and a good thing for the club. Uh, next bit of news, uh, Masterclass uh, Rugby Camps are available now, uh, Richard, for people in the, sort of high school. Uh, it's great the club are sort of trying to invest in, in the, the youth uh, and hopefully we might uncover a gem. Yeah, that's got to be the way forward, on it? Just getting these uh, getting these youngsters out there playing playing rugby league and, and enjoying enjoying the sport for what it is and then hopefully getting them into the, into the ground as well. Uh, but... That's, it's it's got to be the future, hasn't it? You've got to, got to start with the kids and get them interested and get their get their parents to hopefully pay a bit of money come through and uh, and you may uncover the next gem, next generation high levels or Jake Bibby or somebody's somebody's going to be out there. Yeah, it's sixty quid. Um, it's from ten a.m. till three p.m. Eighth and ninth of August, fifteenth and sixteenth of August, and twenty second and twenty third of August. Um, if you're from year 6 to year 11 Paul and you know I think it's great you know the club are trying to this and you know hopefully we'll we'll get a you know a couple of players through there uh, and hopefully in 5 years time 10 years time they could be a first team regular yeah certainly certainly just just going back to what we said before I think it's imperative that we, we get an academy back I think maybe the next season I think you know it's something that we really need to, to be investing in I mean those those youths of Salford and those kids they need something to, to aim for and something to be involved in uh, that scholarship needs to be there and the pathway to the first team's got to be there. I think it's, it's really, really important that. So, uh, so yeah, these sort of things get get people involved, to get the parents involved, to get the families involved, and they sort of get that infinity, that sort of connection then. And, uh, you know, we've, we've solved the Red Devils, don't we? And, uh, you know, once you've got that connection, that bond there, you know, it's there for life, isn't it? So, uh, so yeah, that, that's, that's really important to me. Yeah, first team players are involved helping the coaching as well. So if you've got a child who, who is available for, for that, um, contact Joanne, joanne.shepherd at soberdevils.net uh, and book uh, book your kid on. Uh, final bit of news, uh, Challenge Cup tickets are going very well, Richard. Uh, last uh, week or so, a bit of panic buying going on by all accounts. Oh, yeah, well, 
I think there was a, again social media was was alive with uh, with the fact that our, our people are actually able to get the tickets on Wednesday. The season ticket holders were were panicking, so it sounds like it's uh, it's generated a lot of interest, not just with the season tickets, but with a lot of people outside of that. So it's a uh, really encouraging. Hopefully, we can we can sell out and maybe even uh, tip tip the balance and get a few more get a few more on top of that. So uh, I'm a bit gutted actually because I'm away on holiday, so I can't get one. Where I can't going? get there. Where are you going? Uh, but I'll, I'll have to find a I'll have to find a pub down in Tenby. Tenby? Little, uh, yeah, that'll change channel for me. I'm thinking that. Oh, no. um, I would love to, but uh, not worth not worth the uh, the hassle, unfortunately. Here's the plan, my wife. No, here's the plan. You go, we'll go get some milk, disappear for six hours, come back with milk. <laughs> She'll never know. She'll never know. <laughs> um, <laughs> long, long, long queues, Paul. Uh, the phones are ringing off the walls as well. I think it's it's great. I'm sure the city of Salford are actually waking up to the fact that you know they've got a team in the semi semi final of the Challenge Cup. Yeah, it's capturing the imagination. So my my dad uh, went down and got my ticket for me on the on the Wednesday um, in between work and that. And I phoned him up on Friday and answered the phone and said, "Well, you're up too." He says, "I'm down to Salford queue up for tickets." So I thought he went on Wednesday. He says, "Oh no, I've gone back now to get my queue number." Because he's been to a few games with me dad this season. He's, he's absolutely buzzing. He's part of the bug again. He was at the Wakefield Cup game and he was absolutely delighted. He's coming again on Sunday against Huddersfield and he'll be at the semi-final as well. So, uh, so he, he's he's bang into it now. He thinks we're going to get to Wembley and I think that that's brilliant. But, uh, but yeah, I spoke to people who've not been this season and they go into that game and, and they're starting to come back and I think it's great. You know, we're selling tickets and you know people are getting the interest again and catching the bug for Salford. Yeah, I suppose Richard, you're a relatively new fan, aren't you, really? And you know, Challenge Cup semi-finals. It's I'm going to tell you, it's, it doesn't happen regular. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I'm absolutely gutted. I'm missing it. Uh, so hopefully, me uh, my cousin will be me going. Uh, he's the one who got me into it, as I, as I mentioned last time. So um, hopefully, he'll be bringing, be taking a few as, with him as well, and, and we'll be able to uh, to sing him to victory against Wigan. But um, I know we've, we've we've got about six or seven coming against Huddersfield this weekend. So. Uh, extras, so uh, hopefully we can we can get them uh, signed up, and, and uh, if we're with a good performance anyway, we can get them for for the next few weeks, and uh, and then signed up for life, get them get them season tickets. So that's what it's all about. I think I've got to do as much as uh, as the, the as the uh, as the, um, the the guys in the Ian Blees and Co. I've got a, I've got a responsibility, of course, with marketing, but I think us as fans have got to do it as well. And, and while we're playing well, we, we drag a few people with us, and, uh, and they'll come back again and again. I think we've seen it this season as a, a couple of my mates uh, keep coming, keep coming back, and uh, so we, we keep bringing them through the door. So it, it's um, for the Challenge Cup. It's it's got to be special. I, I'd love to uh, have the opportunity to get down to Wembley as well. Like you said, I've, I've only been a few few years. I've, I've been a, um, a Salford fan, but to see them. Uh, See him go out on Wembley, it'd be fantastic. That's all. I'll definitely uh, cancel all holidays if that happens. Don't worry, we're gonna we're gonna work on tender. It's not a problem. We'll we'll get we'll break you out, Richard. Don't worry. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> so obviously, you know, like Richard said there, Paul. You know, like Dave Campbell and you know Ian Blees getting this uh, fans, you know, together and, and promoting. We are the foot soldiers, aren't we, to get out in the community. Obviously, the club have a responsibility as well to promote the game. Uh, but we are we are the first line of of, of promotion, and it's. It's hopefully getting behind that kind of thing and, and promoting it big in the city. Yeah, certainly. I think, I think like I said before, this, this semi-final has captured 
capture people's imagination and um, I think you'll you'll see a massive following from Salford on that day and, you know if, uh, if if we can do it if we can topple Wigan and get to that final you know it, it, it feels different to me this time it's different to when we played St. Helens in 97 it's different to when we played Sheffield the year after in 98 you're playing Wigan now you know they're giant of the game aren't they and if we can topple if Salford can topple Wigan and get to a major final I think I think our club will take off I really do I've no, no doubts about that Obviously, I'd love to get to Wembley and win. If we don't win at Wembley, we don't win at Wembley. But just to get to the final, in top of Wigan in the semi-final, I think it would be an amazing, an amazing thing. And you know, I'm counting the days now on my calendar, and I'm really, really nervous for it. You know, I, I booked the Friday off work, I booked the Monday, Tuesday. I've got about five days off, so uh, so if we do lose, I can go and cry for a couple of days, and if we win, I can go on a three-day bender. So. Uh, so it should be good, but yeah, like I said, I think it has captured people's imaginations and, you know, just listening to what the guys at the Red Zapparella are doing as well with their t-shirts and things like that, you know. This season, I think, you've got to give a lot of credit to, to people, to supporters, especially the guys like Dave and people like that. I, I probably can't mention them, but I sound like somebody doing one of them Brit Award speeches, don't I? I can't name everybody off, you know, off the top of my head, but people have been doing great things, haven't they, you know, supporters and rallying everybody around, and I think it's been superb. And if we can take this into the close season and hit the close season like that and really attack the market and go into next season on the back of this great season. I think we can grow and grow. Yeah, looking forward to it, Paul. It's going to be a great day. So that's the end of the news and what we'll do. We'll look at your amateur report and then at the Uddersfield game on Sunday. Right, well, I'll start this week's amateur report by looking at the England women. They played two tests recently, one uh, last Saturday and one last Wednesday away in France. Uh, one was in Perpignan. Sorry, they were both in Perpignan, actually. They are both at Stade Lamar in Perpignan. And um, they come up with two wins as well. France women, eight. England women, 14. That was on the Saturday. And on the Wednesday, France women, 16. England women, 26. So, uh, so a great uh, two uh, test matches there for the England women. And just moving on to the UK Armed Forces side flies out to Australia on Friday the 30th of June, that's this coming Friday, aiming to go all the way in the Armed Forces World Cup in Sydney. The team will play Fiji on Friday the 7th of July, Australia two days later and New Zealand on Wednesday the 12th of July, bidding to emerge from the group and feature in the final which will be played at the Pepper Stadium on the 16th of July. So all the best to the Armed Forces and uh, wish you all the good luck in the world from everybody here on the podcast. We'll turn our attention now to the National Conference League. We'll start off in the National Conference Premier Division. Rochdale Mayfield had a bitter defeat. I know we had on Friday night St. that 25-24 defeat. Well, Rochdale Mayfield went down by 34 points to 35 at home to Might and Warriors. They looked set for a huge win when they led 16-0 on 17 minutes and then they extended that lead to 22-0 a couple of minutes shy of the half hour with centre Matty Ashton, hooker Declan Sheridan, fullback Lewis Sheridan and winger Wayne English having crossed with tries. Might responded before the interval with tries and uh, to, to cut the deficit to 12 points. Prop Callum Marriott though, ex-Solver player there, crashed over for Mayfield inside the first four minutes of the second period Lewis Sheridan added the fourth goal for a 28-10 lead but the Warriors then took control with four unanswered tries uh, Walker landed five conversions to put Mighton 34-28 lead and with five minutes left added a field goal to lead Mayfield facing a seven point deficit that proved to be crucial substitute AD Gleeson Rochdale's top performer forced his way over on the 73rd minute and improved his own score but Mighton held out for a third win in their last four outings so a bitter defeat there for Rochdale Mayfield who stay fourth in the table behind Wathbrough, Thato Heath Crusaders and Sidor. In Division 2, it was another difficult day for Salford City Roosters. 
They only had a bare 13 players at Askham, but the visitors showed tremendous spirit by winning the closing quarter of the game having, after having been 54-0 adrift. Alex Edwards converting two of the tries by George Kemp, Mark Jones and Christian Higgins. Askham, though, deservedly prevailed 64-16 through through two tries and eight goals from Sam Dowsett. So, you know, a bit of defeat there for, uh, for Salford City Roosters, but to have only 13 players and do what they did was a, was a tremendous effort from them. We wish them all the best this week. They're, we'll give you the fixtures for them this week. So Salford City Roosters stay bottom of Division 2. Uh, also in Division 2, Wigan St. Jude's 50, Saddleworth Rangers 24. In Division 3, Clockface minus 29, Oldham St. Anne's 22. And Waterhead Warriors 16, Wollstone Rovers 54. The fixtures for this week were played on Saturday the 1st of July. Premier Division, Egremont Rangers versus Rochdale Mayfield Division 2 Salford City Roosters travel to Bradford Dudley Hill Saddleworth Rangers host East Leeds and there's two fixtures in Division 3 Oldham St Anne's against Barrow Island and Waterhead Warriors against East Moor Dragons Pairings in the quarterfinals of the RFL's Conference Challenge Trophy are as follows uh, Wigan St Pat's play Saddleworth Rangers Milford Marlins play Ince Rose Bridge West Hull play Thattle Heath Crusaders and East Leeds play Hunslet Club Parkside and ties will be played on Saturday the 15th of July Well a big crowd turned out Crossfields on Saturday for the Soap's annual Thomas Sefton Memorial match against the Army. The game climaxed a three-match festival as a highlight of the Armed Forces Day in Warrington. The results were as follows. The Royal Marines 32, the Army A20, the Parachute Regiment 26, RAF A18 and Crossfields beat the Army 22 points to 20. In the North West Men's League, we've got quite a few results and fixtures to bring you from from this uh, this part of the uh, amateur report. Division 2, these are all these games are played on Saturday as follows. Bankey, Bulls, Neil, Manchester Rangers 24 I'm taking it there was a there was no match played there in that one. I think it was a was they couldn't raise a, raise a team. That's what normally happens when it's twenty four nil. Berry Broncos twelve, Rochdale Mayfield a fifty two. In Division Three, Fitton Hill Bulldogs twelve, Rochdale Cobras thirty two. Oldham Saint Anne's a sixty four, Chester, Chester Gladiators twelve. In Division Four, Little Hulton Reds had a good win. They beat Colchester Eagles by thirty six points to eighteen. Langworthy Reds beat Caddy Zed Rhinos in the Derby match there twenty four points to fourteen. Oral Saint James a thirty two, Manchester Rangers a. 42, good win there for the Rangers. Runcorn 36, West Horton Lions 26. And the fixtures for this week are as follows. These games are on Wednesday night. Bamber Bridge play Lee Minor Rangers A. The Saturday games in Division 1, it's Halton Farnworth Hornets versus Folly Lane. Division 2, Lee East play Bold Miners. Uh, Rochdale Mayfield A play Charlie Panthers Manchester Rangers play Berry Broncos Division 3 Burtonwood Bridge play Fittenhill Bulldogs Wigan St Cuthbert's play Oldham St Anne's A Rochdale Cobras play the Chester Gladiators and in Division 4 there's another derby match here Little Hulton Reds play the Langworthy Reds West Horton Lions play Caddy Zed Rhinos Woolston Rovers A play Manchester Rangers A and finally in Division 5 Bolton Mets take on the Saddleworth Rangers A and finally this week we'll turn our attention to the North West Youth League we had quite a lot of important league fixtures results in, in that this week we'll start off in the under 17's Division 1 these games were played on Sunday Caddy's Ed 0 Ince Rosebridge 15 Wigan St Cuthbert 6 Saddleworth 34 these are all Division 1 games Division 2 Blackpool 26 Folly Lane 30 great win there for, uh, for Folly Lane under 16's Oral 16 Rochdale 28 and Waterhead 22 Oldham 14 we'll now turn our attentions to the North West Youth League under 13's Clockface Miners, 22. Oldham St. Anne's, 4. That was in Division 1. In Division 3, Cold Chef Eagles, 42. Bellevue B, 16. Haydock Warriors, 14. South Trafford Raiders, 16. 
Just moving back to Division 2, special mention this week to Langworthy Reds. They beat the Black Brook Royals by 56 points, still away from home. You know, big shout out to their coaches, Paul Craft and Dave Galbraith. And uh, I've got a couple of the players to mention as well Elijah, Callum, Higgy, Larkin, Caden, Ewan, Liam, George, and, uh, and the boys there doing really well. We'll try and get the rest of the players and give them a shout out next week. But that's a tremendous result for them, that. And uh, Crofty and uh, Dave doing a great job there with uh, the young lads at, um, at Langworthy. So, you know, tremendous. Fit. Way to go away from home and win 56 points. Now that's a great win, that and they're doing really well in Division 2. And uh, long may that continue. So, the fixtures for this week these are on Sunday, the 2nd of July. In the Premier Division of the under 18s, it's Oral St. James versus Oldham. In Division 1, it is Waterhead against Leyland. In the under 17s, Premier Division, Salford play Hindley, Telford play Folly Lane. In the under 13s, Premier Division, it's Wigan St. Jude's versus Waterhead Warriors. Division 1, Oldham St. Anne's versus West Bank Bears, Rochdale Mayfield against Clockface Miners. Division 2 of the under 13s, Langworthy Reds will be action again against Charlie Panthers at home, Latchford Giants against Saddleworth Rangers. Finally, Division 3 of the under 13s, Bellevue Bees against Haydock Warriors and South Trafford Raiders against Colchef Eagles. I know it's been a bit of a marathon amateur report this week, but that's all I've got for you. You know, if you ever want anything mentioned on the amateur report, you know where I am on Facebook, Paul Whiteside on Facebook, just give me a, men- give me a message on there and I'll, I'll get you on. But yeah, tremendous this week. I'll catch you at uh, the Huddersfield game on Sunday. Red Devils take on Huddersfield Giants on Sunday at the AJ Bell Stadium, Paul. You know, another massive game. Yeah, I think this one's a really big game, this, Rob. You know, after the, we've lost three games on the on the spin, that's hard to believe that we've lost three matches on the spin in the league. And Huddersfield's a tough one um, with the games we've got coming up and three games after that. We need to win this one just to just to get back on that horse and just, just keep up with those sides in and around us, really, because... So if you lose this one and not losing sometimes it becomes a bit of an habit we've got Leeds and Cass coming up after that so this is a big game this is a home game as well and against the side who are improving all the time but it's filled up to 7th and they're on a good run themselves so we need to be really switched on and sort of approach the game a bit like we did that Wakefield Cup game come out of the blocks early and, uh, and really take it to Huddersfield I think Yeah like Paul said Richard 3rd v 7th Huddersfield uh, on a bit of a run at the moment uh, winning 5 from the last 6 um, after a 19-all draw against uh, Wigan last week as well, it'd be a good indicator, you know, where we are and where we're going. Yeah, I mean, uh, they're, like you said, they're they're, up, they're on the way up, and conceivably, but with us last losing last three, we're on the way down a bit. But I think it's it's this is pivotal, this is crucial. So we need we need a good result, we need a good performance as well, just to to put any of the, the doubters and uh, back down on the back down on the seats because. They've, I think before the, the Wigan draw, which was last week, they won, they won the last uh, two, and that was against Saints and Catalan. So they've been they've been on a good run of form, haven't they? And uh, Danny Brough particularly, I think uh, he's been when he sings, I think they uh, they follow suit and play really well. So uh, there's a lot of a lot of good players back for Huddersfield, but I think Brough we need to keep quiet. Yeah, Mal, Malmo is it Malmo's injured Huddersfield? He's a you know a big player for them. Uh, that's going to be a big blow for them Sunday. Paul? Yeah, he's been playing well. The, the fullback, that Jay Mamo, yeah, he's been playing really well. The clips I've seen him, he, he scored a lot of tries from him, very, very dangerous as well. Um, I, I saw a bit of him a few weeks ago, 
they played Catalan Dragons away from home in Perpignan and they absolutely tore Catalan to shreds. Mm. And that, I think he scored a few tries that moment. He might have scored a hat trick as well. But um, he's been very good in, in the clips I've seen. They've not been on telly much this season, obviously. When I have seen him, I've been impressed with him. I was impressed with him at their, when we played him at their place. I thought, you know, that game could have gone either way. It was only that bit of uh, magic from Jeff Jones late on that, that won the game for us. So they've got some dangerous players. You know, if you look at the backs, McGill, very good Joe. Lee Gaskell's in there as well. He's a very, very clever player. And Danny Bruff at halfback with Martin Ridyard. I think he's on loan from Lee. So, uh, so they've got a good halfback pairing. And that guy, that Cruz Lehman, the hooker, I thought he was super against us when we played him earlier in the season. He really came on and, and, and turned the game. And they've also got Ryan Inchcliffe, the other hooker. So they've got some good players in, in the squad. And I'm sure they're going to come and make it, make it very physical and very tough for us. Yeah, we went to their place early in the season, didn't we, Richard, and, and got a result. I'm sure that's going to be in the player's mind uh, come kick-off. You know, being able to beat them away, we can beat them home. Yeah, I think it's 30 20, wasn't it? And uh, like you say, Josh Jones uh, getting over and sealing it, I think, for us. So, yeah, it's really important we uh, we win this one. I mentioned before that uh, this with the last three fixtures being Leeds and Cass and then, then Lee away. So it, it could be uh, it could be this. This, this Sunday is, is massive for the top four, basically. We've got to win this one. But I think they'll take the confidence in, into it because we, we've beaten them. Uh, at their place and um, we've just got to make our place a fortress and it it largely has been over the last um, um, few months anyway I know we've lost the last couple of times but it's still still a real bad place to come you look at it from a Huddersfield point of view do they fancy coming to us Uh, possibly because we've lost the last few but uh, seeing the performance against Wakefield and show what they can do and we only lost the last few minutes of the game against Saints so I think uh, I think they'll be worried about coming and facing us uh, so we can't be too concerned Yeah I think what Ian Watson uh, said Paul that rings true that you know every club will want to come and turn Salford over and you know it's going to be a big test I think on, on Sunday because Huddersfield like Richard said you know they're on a good run of farm uh, and it's up to our boys to, to find another level yeah, it is. It's about how we respond, Rob, isn't it? We've got a response from the, from the, the display and the, the defeat we've had at St. Helens and have come out all guns blazing because if we if we don't start winning games, you, you've got teams that are waiting in the wings now. You've got the St. Helens there who are up on 19 points now, uh, not far behind us. And, you know, you're back against St. Helens winning the last four games. I mean, they're quite capable of going and winning those last four matches and they could end up overtaking you. And I know the season's not over after this. You know, you carry on into the Super 8, so all's not lost don't finish in the top four carrying over to the, to the, uh, the Super 8 but you've got Leeds and Wakefield who are waiting in the wings behind us Leeds are level on points with Wakefield and two behind so yeah I think it's very important this game that we, that we get a result in, in this one and, and you know just just a performance like Richard said to give everybody a bit of confidence give the players a bit of confidence again and uh, just get that, that winning run back on because I'm sure we can I'm sure we can we can turn over to the other one but I'm expecting a, a really really tough uh, afternoon yeah give us your score prediction for the game Richard Oh, I've not written it down. Oh, no. Uh, I, was, I was thinking about it, though. I think probably I go 24-16 for us. 24-16. I bet Paul's written it down. Am I right, Paul? Yeah, I've done my predictions yeah. today for uh, the Facebook Prediction League, which I'm not doing very well in. No? I've gone for Salford 32, Huddersfield 22. 32-22. Have you got your vote of confidence yet from the from your Fantasy League board of, of selectors? Well, to be honest with you, I did well this week. I just took my points up. I got about 40 points because I got, um, who was it now, Sydney Roosters, 125-24. Uh-huh. And I predicted 25-24. Yeah. But that was a double point game as well. So uh-huh. I got 20 points for that game. So that catapulted me up the league. Uh-huh. 
So, <laughs> but I got all the Super League ones wrong this week. But that one sort of saved the skin this week. So, uh, so yeah, you never know. I might, I might be heading up the table. You get, you get involved in any of that, Richard? Any fantasy rugby leagues or no? No, I'm, I'm a, <laughs> I just watch from the outside and, and uh, just very critical. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, not particularly good at that sort of thing. Uh, not a betting man, so uh, I tend to avoid it if possible. Yeah, my, my problem every time I used to have a go with them uh, fantasy, you know, football rugby things was that you know, having to tally all the all the amounts together only like to spend something like one point eight million could never fit the players wanted in the in the team hall that you know for that kind of money. It's difficult difficult job and obviously, you know, Marwan does that every year and you know I can I feel his pain sometimes. Yeah, well the, well this this league I'm in on Facebook is um, there's only thirty people in that. There's a couple of Featherstone lads, a couple of cast lads and there's a few lads that saw when Simon Williams off sounds off in it. And a few other guys, Barry Jones is in it, and uh, just the 30 of us, 31 or 30 of us in it, and uh, basically all that is, you just score predictions from each round, so you get so many points for correct results, so many points for score, so it's not really the picking the players, yeah. I, I did one of them a few years ago in the League Express, and it's so hard to do, to, to you know, be within, like, like you say, within the, the sort of money you get to spend, so this score prediction is a bit easier, really. it's just like, sort of like what we do, pick the numbers out of you. Your bingo machine. That's all I do. <laughs> that and also, Richard, when you when you have a team, a player from another team that that kind of scores against you, and you think he's in my team, but then he scored against my team. It's kind of a mixed emotion, isn't it? You've got to kind of hold it together and not just scream yes because everyone looks at you and thinks, "What's he shouting at?" <laughs> yeah, you know, it's what I mean? like betting against your side. Yeah, uh, and then yeah, I suppose it's that it. Do, they, uh, do you scream because you've got the score right and you win 50 quid? But yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> I can see where you're coming from. Yeah, no, that was another thing I struggled with, really. Uh, so, my prediction uh, for the game against Huddersfield, I think Salford are going to win this 30 points to 6. I think Salford are going to win 30 points to 6. They're going to come out the blocks fast like they do when I say they do and they'll come up with a, a big win. So, hopefully that'll be true and we'll, uh, we'll get the, the good run started again, Paul. Yeah, definitely. I've got 30 points for six. I'm, I'm not going to say anything on that this week because I've offered to carry you around the pitch a few times this season, <laughs> but you're getting closer now. So, yeah. uh, no, you, you're quite good now on the quiet. I think you've been studying farm and that like, you're a bit, of a bit of a ringer on the quiet, so uh, I'll just keep quiet. Yeah, and we'll Richard, you'll have to, Paul will have to keep exercising because if, if I get one, he's going to have to carry me around. It's quite a big pitch as well. That's further than you think. Going yeah. around there, Paul. You might have to. Uh, yeah, you might have to do some, do, do a few sit ups and press ups, and uh, have to get a little chariot. Yes, that's a good idea. Give me a, give me a queen's chair. So yeah. we'll two of us together. We'll, we'll carry him around if you want. <laughs> that would be mint. Do that. Yeah, that'd be great. Okay, big thanks for for listening to this week's Devil the Detail podcast. Big thanks, Richard, for coming on again this week. Been great. Thank you very much. Yeah, had a great time. Thanks a lot for that. Another great show, Paul. Enjoyed this one? Yeah, really enjoyed it. We've really cheered us up, haven't we, after the State Helens game. And, uh, yeah, really looking forward to Sunday now, mate, getting back on the winning road. Yeah, don't forget, you can find us on Facebook, Devil the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter, at DITD SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes and Radio Contact. I've been Rob Parkinson, and we'll see you next week.
seven days a week, 24 hours a day. My Radio Contact.